this could either be a huge disaster or a huge success and either way so it's getting posted oh i was i was gonna say if it doesn't work you can always do it again nah i'm a one take wonder it is what it is Hello and welcome back to the Well That's Life podcast where stories are shared and life lessons are learned. I am your host Hannah Bungu and I am so glad you are back again for another episode. This week is a special week because it is episode number 10 and um, I was actually just listening to a podcast this morning that was talking about how the majority of podcasts do not even make it past episode 10. So if you make it past episode 10, you are in like a small percentage of podcasts. And I thought that was pretty cool because I'm hoping that I can make it past 10 and continue on. And I get why it can be hard to make it past episode 10 because sometimes it's just easy to lose sight of why you started doing it in the first place. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, after I started doing uh, recording this podcast, I started to watch the numbers and see how many people are listening and is my audience growing and what's the engagement on my episodes and all of that. And it got to a point where I started to feel really discouraged because I don't have a whole bunch of people listening. And I think that when I first started, I just thought it was gonna just blow up so fast and expand so quickly and I'd have hundreds of followers. I don't know, I had an unrealistic expectation. But the reality is I have about, on a regular basis, maybe 10 to 15 listeners per episode on a regular basis. I know there's some people who will listen to one here and there, but like regular listeners, I think is about 10 to 15. And there was a time where I was feeling really discouraged about that. That time was all the way up until this morning, (laughs) just being real. Um, Like feeling discouraged because I'd look at the numbers and feel like people are not engaging. Do they even like the content? Does it matter? Should I keep going? Um, Or is this just one of those like failed experiments for myself? But then that podcast I was listening to this morning, it said, it's really important to remember the why, the why of, you know, why you began doing what you're doing. And I started thinking about it, you know, I started this podcast because I wanted to reach out to people and share my heart and my stories and my life with them in a way that would help them and encourage them. I did not start this podcast looking out to make hundreds of followers or thousands of followers. My goal was just to to be a voice and get my story out there and share with others. So even if I have five listeners or 10 or 15 or 100 or more, It doesn't matter how many listeners I have. The point is that I continue to stay true to my purpose of why I started. And and I believe I have been. I believe that my episodes have all been authentic and me sharing with you what I've been going through and me just trying to encourage you through my journey and my walk. 
And, and so it doesn't matter how many people listen. Whoever listens, I hope they get a blessing. I hope that this helps them. And and with time, maybe it will grow. Maybe it will stay the same. But if I continue to remember my purpose, it will not bother me anymore i will not constantly be checking the numbers anymore because it's not about that anymore so that podcast this morning really just started me thinking about this idea of why we do what we do and and why do we stick with certain things even when it doesn't seem to be going well or progressing well or we don't seem to be getting the results out of it that we expected Um, I think even back to just this week where, um, this week, uh, we, we, um, we were observing mental illness awareness week here at our school, which I believe is something that is observed, uh, during the first week of October, at least in, in the U S. So I, I was going out of my way to make, um, a display at the school that had information about mental health and all of that. And, you know, it didn't start off the way I wanted it to. I wanted to start on Monday, but I didn't get around to it. So it started on Tuesday and I didn't feel like I had enough stuff on my display. And then I also wasn't getting really much feedback from students. I think to this point, up to today, I've only had two or three students actually tell me that they've appreciated what I did with that display for mental health and so throughout the week i was discouraged because i wondered if it mattered i was like does it matter that i'm doing this like these students do they care i'm putting out this stuff on the display i know it's not the prettiest display um and and maybe there's more information i could be giving them but i i'm trying does it matter and as i was thinking back at that I realized that I had forgot in those moments that I was asking if it mattered, it's it's because I forgot the why. I forgot why I was doing it. My goal in putting that display was to bring more awareness to mental health and to help the students feel like it's okay to talk about it and to help them feel like they're not alone if they're struggling. So even if it was two or three students that benefited from that, that's great, that's enough. That is why I did it in the first place i didn't do it so i could have 80 students congratulating me and telling me how amazing i was doing i did it so i could reach out to my students and help them and so i could help them know that they had my support that there were resources for them and that they didn't have to walk this journey alone so for me to remember the why of why i was doing that was more important than hearing from students that I did such a great job and and the same thing goes for my podcast even if i never hear anyone tell me how great my podcast is even if i never get the reviews or the ratings or all the you know whatever i will still know that it was worth it to do this because there's a purpose for this podcast i started it for a reason i'm doing it for a reason and i will continue to remember that reason even in the times where i feel discouraged about the engagement on on with the episodes or things like that which leads me now into telling you about what this episode is about which you could as you probably could have guessed this episode is is um talking about you know why we do what why do we continue 
doing what we're doing even when times get hard. And I'm excited to say that for this episode, I have a guest. This is my very first guest interview. I've never done that before. I've never interviewed someone for a podcast or anything. I've interviewed people, but never for a podcast. And I was definitely a little nervous going into it, but the guest is a very, very special person in my life. And I cannot wait for you to hear our interview and hear uh, for you to hear her share her story of uh, what she's been through and what's kept her going through the hard times when she felt like giving up. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, guys. Well, as I said before, this is the first interview that I've done for this podcast. And I have a very special guest here. I figured, you know, why not start off my first interview with one of my favorite people in the whole world? And that is my sister, Ellen. So before we get into it, I just want to give her a chance to let, let the people know who are you? <laughs> like, introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you did not tell me you were gonna do that. It's for context, um, for context, we are on a Zoom call, and I didn't give her any preparation for this, so there was a little bit of a deer in the headlights look on her face, and that was the silent pause. Um, anyways, Ellen, go ahead, okay. let them know. Um, well, my name is Ellen. I am Hannah's older sister, um, but people say I look younger. Um, I don't know about that, it's because you're shorter, but <laughs> we'll let it go. <laughs> um, I work in the mental health field. So right now I work at a clinic um, and four days a week, I get to be on the clinic floor um, doing kind of crisis intervention, just meeting with patients as they come in. And then one day a week I do therapy. Oh, yes, that uh, is uh, who I am. That's well, in a nutshell, because you know there's more to who you are. Well, you know, right? She's my unofficial therapist, and I go to her for a lot of things. And yeah, um, man, all the stories I could tell of our yeah, time together growing up. Yeah, another time. I'm sure she'll be a recurring guest on this podcast. So before we get into what we're going to talk about today, I do have a, a this or that question. I'm going to ask you, mm-hmm. and then I'll answer it too, and we'll see how, if we're very similar or different. Okay, here's a question. Would you rather receive a call first thing in the morning or receive a call in the middle of the night? Oof. Like first thing in the morning, meaning like you just woke up and you're receiving a call, or would you rather receive one in the middle of the night? I think when I just wake up, because... In the middle of the night, I don't know. If you ruin my sleep, I just, Mm. I can't be held responsible for the things that I say. Right. Mm. So you'd rather, okay, in the morning. In the morning, I'm sort of like already waking up. So I'm not like going to be as angry that you've ruined my sleep because I'm already expecting to be up, you know? I see. Hmm. Okay. What do you think my answer is? Hannah does not do mornings. 
Um, yeah, I think I would rather receive a call in the middle of the night, honestly speaking, because I've gotten calls in the middle of the night and it's more just like, oh, what's going on? Oh, okay. You know, and I'm usually pretty all right about it, but don't call me first thing in the morning, please. Uh Oh my goodness. That is honestly one way to trigger me so fast. (laughs) I feel like Hannah, you're like one of those like like a rattlesnake in the morning. It's like it's not that like don't like don't come don't. near her first thing in the okay. morning. Okay, no, no, you no. Know, Listen, the, you're about to give the people a wrong impression of me. I'm very kind and loving and sweet always. Um, and don't give me that look. But in the morning, it just takes a little while for me to remember that that is who I am. But I will still treat you in a kind manner. Probably sometimes that kind manner is silence because that's the kindest I can be sometimes in the morning is to just be silent. But I mean, I don't know if I can tell a brief story. I know, no, because you're my sister. And I think that the experience you've had may not be the same as what other people experience. Unfortunately, we don't always treat our family members the best just uh okay we'll save the story for another time yeah right um so cool okay so we are different I already knew that I already knew we're different I just I didn't actually know which way you'd swing on this one because sleep is really important for you so I didn't know if you would care that your sleep was interrupted or not um like yeah I think about times that I've received calls in the middle of the night for one I don't remember them in the morning and then two people are like why were you so mean to me when I called you and I'm like I don't remember you calling me so I can't be held responsible when you disturb my REM sleep right same thing for me in the mornings I cannot be held responsible for me when I first wake up right it's just we're all different good to know okay yeah okay so this this episode we are talking about remembering your why like remembering why you started something, remembering the purpose with which you are doing something so that when you get to points in time where it's difficult or you feel like you're not getting recognition for what you're doing, or you feel like it's just a slow thing, like it's a slow process, there's not really much progress being made, remembering why you're doing something in the first place is going to help keep you grounded and it's going to help you to keep going, right, in in those hard times or in the times where things seem uncertain. And Mm -hmm. the reason why I wanted to really interview you for this particular episode is because there are several um, things about your life that have really inspired me when I've looked at your life. And (laughs) yes, you are my big sister. You are one of my biggest role models. Listen, okay, I'll I'll gas you up a little bit. because uh, it's true and savor all these moments because who knows when we'll come around again but yeah you are one of my my greatest role models in my life just seeing how you've carried yourself how you've gone through certain things how you've never given up and how even when it seemed like a really winding path for you uh, when it came to your career you ended up where you are now as a mental health like working in the mental health field and doing like counseling and being a therapist but you ended up doing that but it wasn't the smoothest journey 
right? So um, I guess I wanted to start off with asking you how how you started off. So how did things start off for you? Uh, let's go from undergrad, right? Because that's when you were studying social work. So from mm-hmm. social, from, from undergrad, you thought probably you had these big dreams of what was going to happen when you graduated. But what happened, you know, in that time and then after you graduated? Yeah, Um. so I don't know if I ever had like this end goal of what I saw the degree turning into. I think it was one of those things where I ended up in social work, sort of divine intervention in a way. Um, it, it didn't feel like an active choice I feel like I just sort of ended up in it and then going through there was just a lot of encouragement from people around me that oh yes this seems like the thing for you yeah. um, and so then I never really had like this end goal of like once I graduate this is what I'm going to be doing I just knew I wanted to graduate get my master's right away and then like mm. start working um, okay. but that's not what happened so <laughs> I, last year, my senior year um, I don't even remember what class it was but somebody either somebody had come to do a talk or they had sent a flyer in for this school out in um, West Virginia um, mm-hmm. and at the time I didn't know what I was gonna do next other than grad school um but then that was seeming a little less of like an intriguing option so I was like well maybe I'll work for a year and then come back and do my master's and have a little bit of experience under my belt mm-hmm. um so I applied for the school and I got the job so was it like two months after graduating moved out to West Virginia uh, I remember that I oh yeah that was- that was heartbreaking for me. Like, I mean, I'll, I'm gonna let you continue in a second, but I really tell you, that was the first time that you would ever like you moved away, moved away. Right. And I remember dad and mom and me and you. We we drove out there. First of mm-hmm. all, I remember driving through West Virginia, thinking, "Okay, right. all right, I don't know where we're at. We're somewhere." And right. after we dropped you off, and when we were driving away. I I was really emotional and I cried and mom I'm pretty sure mom also cried or like and mom and dad were emotional too because it was like this reality of okay first of all I don't know how many hours away West Virginia is from Michigan it was like it was like nine hours away yeah nine hours away yeah yeah it's like okay we just drove her here dropped her off and who knows when we'll see her next because this is I don't know about this place. Yeah, and it wasn't even like there was a transition, you know, there was supposed to be, but it's like you guys dropped me off and then like, it was literally like two, three hours later, you guys left. Absolutely. So it wasn't even a (laughs) We didn't even stay the night. We didn't even stay the weekend. We said, deuces, peace out. But that that was really hard. I didn't even, I didn't know what to expect or what to think but when I was just driving away I was just thinking about it because you know I, you know we had a we had a rocky childhood you and I together growing up fighting and stuff but then we got really close and so 
dropping you off and then you being gone oh man that was really hard that was very emotional for me i don't know how it was emotional for you too but it was yes and no it was my first time away from home obviously but i think it was sort of that like anxiety adrenaline excitement and i was sort of not fully aware of everything I was sort of just like going and Mm -hmm. so it didn't hit me until I think it was like three months in maybe two or three months in is when like the reality of it finally hit me and I had my first like panic attack at Mm -hmm. work wow um it was it came out of nowhere I remember I was walking the way the school was set up like the office was um like sort of an extension off the hallway of the gym and I was coming out of the office going to go into the gym which then leads to the dining area and I don't know what I just like stopped and I just started like hyperventilating and like crying and it was like this like very loud like bizarre thing because people started coming out of like the office people were coming out of the dining area they were looking at me like, what is going on? And so I ran off the dining area into the laundry room and I closed the door and I'm just in there like, <laughs> like full on wow. panic attack. And I was, I think it was like 15 minutes. I ca- finally calmed down, but like, I could feel like, you know, when you feel like it's like still in your throat. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's such a break. Yeah, I came out and I sort of had myself together, but I knew like, if somebody says even just one thing to me, it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> come right out. Okay? So I was like, that's it, <laughs> right? So I was like, what I need to do is I need to get out of here and I need to walk home, which home was like maybe a minute or two away. It was a small campus, and so I'm walking out and I'm almost out of the building. And one of my housemates came and she just like put her hand on my shoulder and boom, it started all over again. Game over. Um, yeah and so she was just like oh my gosh and I'm like in the midst of hyperventilating and crying I'm like I don't know why I can't stop <laughs> and she's just like oh my gosh I know. it was a mess so yeah I was definitely emotional and it was hard but when I think back on that year there it wasn't the easiest year but I think a lot of what has helped me today are things that I learned from there Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm not going to talk too much about like the school Mm -hmm. because yeah yeah I know I got you um but I did so much growing in that year I mean yes I just graduated from undergrad but like even though I had this social work degree I think a lot of it was still just theoretical for me Mm. and that year there a lot of things became very practical very like real to me and so I did so much growing not just like professionally in my knowledge but personally as well because I had to push myself out of the boundaries what after I had that panic attack I remember calling (laughs) I remember calling dad and I was like um dad I don't think I'm cut out for this I want to come home And, and basically he was like no yeah no not our father would not was, allow that. Yeah, he was like, "No, you gotta stay there, and you you gotta figure it out." And I was like, "But, but I don't want to. I I'm done. Yeah, and I'm glad I stayed. You know, I only stayed a year left, but um, yeah, it was definitely a 
a traumatic way to start, but a very educational way to start. Um, so after that, came home, spent a summer at home. And then, oh, one of my housemates in West Virginia, one of my housemates had an aunt who worked in school in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And when I told her I was leaving, she was like, hey, they're looking for an assistant girls dean um, in the dorm, you know, do you, would you want it? And I was like, sure, send her my resume. Um, so they sent my resume there. Um, the principal called me and we had an interview over the phone. Maybe like a week later, he called and was like, the job is yours if you want it. You know, it is a, it's a boarding high school, so they weren't going to start until August. So I had like a month or two to be at home. Um, so then we got ready for the next road trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, that one too. That was, uh, it was weird going from that experience in West Virginia to that school in Arkansas. Um, because it was, the kids in West Virginia, it was a very high risk severe mental health trauma you know xyz sort of situations to this boarding school in arkansas where for all intents and purposes they were quote normal kids Mm -hmm. um you know it was a normal high school except for the fact that it was a boarding high school and so they lived there on campus but i kept finding myself almost in that fight or flight mode because i was so used to being on my guard Mm -hmm. um and so like really major that happened on that campus but I think there was a lack of support from you know administration um I looked really young and so there was this assumption from parents and um whatnot that like are you really equipped to be here Mm -hmm. so I felt like I always was drawing the short straw and it just became really exhausting. Um, also had another panic attack there. Yay. Yes. Um, wow. It was, yeah, it was just, it was one of those situations where I was like, yeah, I should not feel this anxious about like going to work. Right. Like I should not, I should not feel on my guard like this. And so um, after a year, I was like, I think I need something different where I can have more support, where there's more room to grow. Financially, that job was intended to be for like a missionary type position for one year oh, when they were in school. Okay. So me me being graduated financially wasn't a job that was sustainable. Right. So um, that over that summer while I was home talking with, you know, a friend from high school, and she was like, hey, I'm going to be working at this school in Wisconsin, and they're also looking for an assistant girls dean in the dorm, Um, and I was like, I mean, send them my resume, and if they want to interview me, um, you know, that'd be great, and so um, she sent them my resume, and they, I think at that point, was I back in Arkansas? I think I was, I think I had just gotten back into Arkansas for the next school year. And it was like maybe three weeks before school was going to start. And yeah, cause we had just had our first staff meeting and 
Um, I had been looking for a job. I wasn't really excited to be back there. Mm. Um, the principal called, interviewed me. And then literally that same night, like he interviewed me maybe like five o'clock in the evening. And like later on that night, I got an email saying, you got the job if you want it. And I was like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And he's like, can you be here tomorrow? And I was like, it's 11 o'clock at night right now. And I was like, sure, I can be there tomorrow. From Arkansas Um, to Wisconsin? Yeah. And so he sent me the email. I think it was like 11 p.m. He's like, I'm buying you a ticket. You would go from this airport to this airport. We'll pick you up in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, The flight didn't leave until like 4 p.m. or something like that. So I was like, okay. So I got to packing. I mean, I wasn't fully unpacked anyways, but I got to packing. um, Put all my stuff in boxes with labels for UPS for the school to like send out once I left. Wow. Yeah, literally from 11 p.m. until I think it was like 2 p.m. because we had to drive to Oklahoma for the airport. So like 2 p.m. I was packing just pack like a crazy person wow um packed took the flight from oklahoma to um wisconsin picked me up took me to the school um and i was there at school as assistant girls dean for three years um it had started off as a slightly better environment but like as we got to year three it was not as supportive mm-hmm. as um I had hoped and you know I've talked with lots of people about my experience there and um it just yeah at the end of that I was like okay we're going back to grad school right <laughs> and then now here we are four years later after <clears throat> grad school you got your job um yeah after the grad one that school, you've been working got- at I got this job here, and um, when I first got it, I had started off just five days a week on the clinical floor, going in and out of patient rooms after the provider would see patients. Um, And so um, I think it was this year, maybe like May, my boss encouraged me to add on a therapy day so I added on a therapy day. So now I'm only four days on the clinical floor. And then one day a week, I have like, you know, a regular caseload of patients that I see every Friday. Um, yeah. So from, that's, uh, that's from West Virginia to oh working as a full-time, what's the, the, um, the technical title of your position? Like, it always sounds so long. So mm. the, the the position on the clinical floor is behavior health consultant. Mm-hmm. And then, so I say I'm a behavior health consultant slash therapist. Oh, that's not that long. I think you were to tell me like 10 words. Okay. So, <laughs> so it's like usually from, people are like, I'm a teacher. Okay. I mean, this yeah. Is like, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. That makes sense that you, you, you feel that way, but I'm thinking like, okay, so from from working in, in West Virginia with at-risk kids and youth all the way to 
being a behavioral health consultant slash therapist, that's a, that's a journey. Like it's a quite a long journey. And yeah. It sounds like, I mean, along the way, there were many points at which you could have given up because there were a lot of, like, you, had, you went through a lot. Like, you had panic attacks mm-hmm. and you went through a lot of really hard moments. Um, were there ever any times where you questioned whether you were in the right field or doing the right thing or whether it was worth it to keep going? Oh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I remember distinctly the first one in West Virginia. I was in the girls' dorm, and at that point, my position had changed, and it just looked absolutely crazy. I was in the girls' dorm a few days a week. I was in the boys' dorm one day a week, and then sometimes I was helping, like, in the elementary classroom. It was it was bananas. <clears throat> but I was in the girls' dorm, and it, it took a lot to, like, bond with the kids um naturally I'm very introverted I'm not really uh put myself in you know you know um stressful situations or whatever but I had been having a hard time connecting with the kids and I remember that morning I was just like I was doing devotions and I was like god this is like I can't do this no more like every day I'm stressed I'm not sleeping because I'm so stressed about the next day coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, I just need this day to be like different. Mm-hmm. And um, I was sitting, it was like a two, the dorm was like a two story thing. I was sitting downstairs by the laundry area um, supervising. And <clears throat> one of the girls who had been giving me like so much grief she just came and like sat down next to me and like put her head on my shoulder Hmm. and she just like sat there for a few minutes and I was like oh my god what's happening I was Hmm. like this is the beginning (laughs) but I remember that being like a very that was like the moment that things started like turning around there and I was like okay I can't give up like I have to keep going Yeah. Um, yeah but oh for sure I always I always feel like I have, you know, I struggle from imposter syndrome a lot, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm always doubting myself and I'm always doubting what I've said, what I've done. I relive conversations and, you know, so I struggle from like crazy anxiety already. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it definitely impacts a lot, but I try and remember every time I'm like, yeah, I, I can't do this. Like, like this is it like I can't do it anymore I remember that I've said that before and I have gotten through it before mm-hmm. um and so then I try and remember that you know all the times where I thought this was the end and life was never gonna go on life didn't mm-hmm. go on and I made it through that situation so right. so far I've not given up we're still pushing pushing forward yeah. All right, so the recording actually um, cut off because we were just having such a good time and I have the free version of Zoom, so it uh, kicked me off. But we're back again with a new Zoom link. And the last thing that we were talking about was, you know, I had just asked you, um, Ellen, I just asked you about if you had ever felt like giving up along the way. And of course, you said that you felt that way many, many times. And... 
I, you probably mentioned this a little bit in your response, but what is it that um, kept you going for, um, what's kept, what kept you going? Like what kept you going from West Virginia to Arkansas to Wisconsin to grad school, now to your full-time job um, with your master's and everything. What's been one of the driving factors that kept you from giving up? I think, so in the midst of all of those bad whatever that happened and all those stressful situations where I thought I'd never get through, at each job, there's been moments that have been life-changing, that have been like affirming that I'm in the right space. Um, and so I like to reflect on those moments. Um, I like to think about, you know, the relationship that I still have with, um, some of the students from, um, the different places I've worked at, you know, um, that definitely helps to encourage me. Um, I think a negative, I don't know if it'd be like a negative reinforcement, but like I, the feeling of failure just like terrifies me. So when I'm like, I just want to give up, I'm like, but I can't because I don't want to fail. So I have to keep going. So um, it becomes like a thing of like, you have no choice but to. Hmm. Um, you know, I think definitely trying to, strengthen my spiritual life has also been um a harder balance than I thought it was gonna be um but I definitely noticed that when those when I am more intentional and more purposeful about it the rest of my days day goes so much better it goes Mm -hmm. so much smoother like I leave work feeling not as drained um I think because of the type of work that I do I always leave work feeling a little bit like emotionally drained because I'm just like Mm -hmm. you know um but those are definitely what drives me um and I'm like Ellen do you want a roof over your head do you want food on your table like (laughs) you gotta you gotta keep you gotta keep doing it (laughs) I can't it's true it's it's the reality you know like I don't I don't want to move back so like I have to make this work Uh, I have to like get over my fear and so um I do that I also talk with a lot of my coworkers all the time about stuff and with my friends but especially like when it comes to work talking with like my coworkers and my boss and things like that um and they know my anxiety is like 100% like full so that helps to give me perspective and things like that keep it going yeah and well I'm assuming that you like what you do yeah I think (laughs) it's weird because it's like (laughs) it's okay so it's weird because yes I do but I also sometimes feel very ill-equipped so then like it's hard to it's hard to tap into that because I'm like, I just feel like I need to know more. I need to like, you know, I need to have more experience so I can be more helpful. And so that ends up overshadowing sometimes the 
the positive the, things the the passionate yeah um yeah well well I mean on that note though what do you like about what you do like because of course you do like okay yeah let me let me ask you how do I ask it in a better way because like thinking about your whole journey um and like yeah you talked about your failure and you talked about you know some of the other things that have kept you going but the fact of the matter is like you're still in that same path that you started out in you started off mm-hmm. with social work and you went to different places but each place you went to continued to build into this foundation of social work that you were working on you didn't change career paths like you didn't change to something completely different like you stayed on the same uh path of social work and working with people and helping people um that's been consistent no matter where you've gone you've worked with mm-hmm. people people who need help yeah. people who need you know some support and that kind of thing right so mm-hmm. over uh, through all of that what what is it that you like or love about what you do or what you've been doing over the years um, I think it's very it's very rewarding and very heartwarming to see people how do I word it like not I guess change but to see them like grow and to know that you've helped them be able to like live their life purposefully or whatever it might be um there's a lot of warm fuzzy feelings mm-hmm. being able to see that process happen you know um yeah I don't know I even though I'm an introvert I do enjoy talking with people and so it's a I feel like I get to be a sort of a different person at work than like in my own life I don't know if that makes mm. sense or not no it does because like there's a certain level of like um I don't even know what the word is but going in and out of like patient rooms people that maybe you've never seen before and just like striking up a conversation and like you know getting nosy and up in their business there's a certain mm-hmm. um I don't know what the word is but that you have to have to be able to like be okay doing that which took me a while to learn um but I enjoy it and so I I enjoy learning from other people I genuinely enjoy hearing about other people's lives um and so I think being able to know that oh maybe I've helped them even just a little bit Mm -hmm. is is a rewarding feeling right and I think that um coming back okay I don't know if you hear those dogs that are barking in the background but wow that is very annoying anyways um coming back to this idea of remembering your why or why you're doing something um I think even if it may not be at the forefront of your mind um what I know of you over either years of me knowing you which has been my whole life and um, what I consistently see in you is that yes, there's the fear and there's all these other things that are there, but you love helping people. And even though that may not always be at the forefront of your mind, 
that is something that you've consistently done from the beginning of your journey all the way up until now. That's been part of the, the why that's kept you going. Those warm, fuzzy feelings when you see someone growing, when you see someone coming to a realization of something after you've had a talk with them, whether it's a student uh, from before or a mm-hmm. client, you know, nowadays, <clears throat> knowing that you, because I, I know, like, we've, we've had some of these conversations where you've been like, oh, and I helped somebody have a breakthrough, you know, and you're like, oh, and after I had that conversation, like, and it feels it feels so good for you. Like, um, I, I can see that it feels so good for you when you know that you've been instrumental in someone's journey in that kind of way. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that um, we don't, I mean, I know we don't always sit around and think about the why of why we do things, but I think maybe you can even look back on your journey and see that that's been something that's been there all along every step of the way yeah through every difficult moment yeah and I think <clears throat> you know growing up it was I was always the sensitive one you know mom and dad would be like oh you're just so sensitive <laughs> you're too, you're, or you're you're too sensitive you know and so I think being able to normalize like emotions are natural they're normal like you know to feel a certain way is not bad and I think being able to, um, like, share that with other people so that they're not, you know, scared by those feelings or whatever it might be. And being able to help them understand what that means and how to navigate that. Um, I think as much as I'm helping them, it helps me as well, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah. yeah. Emotions are normal. They Feel are. Feel your feelings. Yes. <laughs> We are a big fan of feeling our feelings. And, yes. Um, yes. And so, yeah, I think that that's, it's been really uh, cool. I mean, I know I'm your younger sister and I know that, you know, maybe you'll always think of me as a baby, but seeing your journey from West Virginia all the way to where you are now, it is very inspirational for me to see that you never gave up, to see that like you've always been passionate about helping other people. And that's, never changed like no matter what difficulties you've gone through that's never changed like every job you every job you've had has been a job that has been helping people in some way to so to see that be something that you center your life around and that when difficulties come your way you continue to pursue that purpose and that that you know quote unquote why um that that's part of what's been really uh inspirational and you may not see it I don't know if you see it or not but you may not see it because you you know you talk about how you have imposter syndrome and everything but I see it and other people see it too and so um I just wanted to just I guess encourage you also that when you do feel down because I'm sure you still feel down nowadays in your new in the job you're working in just to continue remembering why you started you may not have known why you started when you started social work you may not have known why you started it you kind of felt like you right. started it. but over time I think you've discovered <clears throat> the reason why and you are living in that so just remembering okay things aren't always going to go perfectly and maybe the timeline I had in my mind uh, may not be working out the way I thought it would but if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing which for you is helping others 
and being there for them, helping them grow, helping them, you know, progress in life. If you're doing that, then, then you're, you're good because you're living mm-hmm. in the purpose that you're, you set out, that you were set out for by God. Um, I think that's like a great thing for you to remember when you feel down, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and so to, before we end up, I uh, want to ask, uh, is there a just a brief, quick life lesson that you would share with anyone <laughs> yeah, that you would share with anyone who is struggling to remember? Like, if there is anyone who's in a season where they just feel like things aren't going well, they want to quit what they're doing, or they feel like they started off with something and then things are not progressing how they wanted them to, and and they're feeling discouraged. Is there like um, a life lesson nugget or something you can share with them to encourage them from your story? Um, oh, look at you putting me on the spot. Um, I think like just remembering that you have overcome every impossible situation that you thought you were not going to. Mm um and so remembering that and then reflecting on what helped you get through that reaching out to those people around you um yeah you are stronger than you think you are um so just keep keep moving forward even if it's only a little bit at a time you know small progress is better than no progress mm-hmm. that's um, right and and even if it's not like a progress, sometimes consistency is is the progress. Just even holding mm-hmm. steady, even when you're feeling and you're feeling like, nope, can't do it. Like I'm not moving forward. Just being able to hold steady in what you're doing and until you're able to then continue moving forward. You know, I think that's progress too. Yeah, that's good. See, I put you on the spot, but that was really good. You know, someone out there needs to hear yeah. that little nugget of advice and and like we all need to remember that there is a different um there's there's reasons why we are all set out to do what we're set out to do I cannot do what you're doing um like that's not my lane um there's a reason why you're there doing what you're doing and so remembering that like you have a purpose there is important and for me I'm doing what I'm doing and maybe other people can't do what I'm doing but each of us is in the place where we need to be hopefully um and remembering oh. <laughs> remembering that we well, that we have a purpose there um yeah. when we go through those hard times that's 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 so important so yeah thank you so much for being my very first guest on this podcast I had a really fun time. This was a great conversation. Honestly, this conversation could go on for hours and I would just sit here and talk and, I know. and listen. And, we'll, have to, and we'll have to make like six Zoom links. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I will definitely have you back on the podcast for different things because I really value your advice. You know, I call you for just, I mean, just the, just the randomest things um, because you are very wise and I value your advice. And I know that's something that you see, accept the compliment. What are you doing? Um, something that you have said um, and some part of your journey is going to be helpful to someone who's listening. 
because I'm sure there are people out there who are struggling with what they're going through and don't know if it's worth it to keep going. And just hearing from you that it's worth it. It's worth it to keep going, even in the midst of like the confusing times or the times where you forget uh, why you started out in the first place. It's worth it to keep going because, um, you know, it, it will hopefully uh, get better. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being on the podcast. And that's it. I guess um, I, I'm not sure how to wrap this up, but peace out. We'll, we'll see you guys again next week uh, for another episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs> we done. We done. Okay. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. Whether big or small, funny or serious, finding the life lessons in our experiences can make life so much richer. Please subscribe to this podcast, share this episode, leave reviews, ratings, and comments, and please follow the podcast Instagram page at Well That's Life Podcast. You can find the Instagram handle in our episode description. Thanks for your support and I'll see you again next week. Um, and there's people out there who are just ready to give up. And also some people who probably don't even like, probably some people who are like, man, I also fell into what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> like I'm just working. I'm just out here. Yeah. I'm into this, you know, so. That was wow. like I. That was like my most hated question in school. Every new class, tell us your name and why you chose social work. I don't know. <laughs> well, but now you're here and you're thriving and yeah, it's well, working out for you. It's a bad thing, but I mean, it may not be a bad thing. Sometimes yeah. we don't have a clear direction. Sometimes God puts us in the right place at the right time even though we at that time don't know that that's what we are going to need maybe i'll keep that part in too